Blog Talk Radio. Live from Washington, D.C., it's quintessential listening. Poetry Online Radio. QLPOR, as it's widely known, features a bevy of poets, spoken word artists, and live poetry readings with best-selling authors. Your host is Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Good evening, everyone. It is Michael Anthony Ingram. My very special guest tonight is Teresa Pearsall Young. She's the author of the book of poetry, Seeds, Trees, Branches, and Leaves. Welcome, Teresa. Thank you so much for having me tonight. Well, you can tell I'm already excited <laughs> by the sound of my voice. So let's begin this poetic journey, all right? Yes, sir. All right. Tell me, Teresa, what is poetry? Poetry is, in my definition, it's a literary art form, and it expresses or relates to a particular subject or telling a story or in minimal words that may describe a situation, and they may or may not rhyme. Mm. Tell me what it is from your heart when you write it. When I write it, it, it begins with a thought, but it has to give the beginning, the middle, and an end. So right. when I'm Tell writing, I'm trying to make a point. Mm-hmm. So I, I want anyone who's reading what I have written to be able to get the point. So, All right. you know, like they should that. have a question mark at the end of the poem wondering, what did I just say? <laughs> mm, all right. I like that. So that's from the heart. Am I correct? Yes. And so your poetry is primarily driven from your heart and your emotions and your feelings and your thoughts. Correct? Yes, exactly. <laughs> all right. Please share a poem. No, before you share a poem, I want to know, why do you write poetry? Why do you write it? That's what I want to know. I write it because the words that come to me, um, let me just um, back up and say, I, I yes. always wrote as a as a, a young person, you know, I wrote mm-hmm. songs and, you know, plays and, you know, things that maybe weren't so meaningful, but it's like I, you know, I had the gift, but I had the gift that I didn't realize that I really had. Mm, <laughs> so, okay. you know, okay. it's, Whenever um, whenever I gave my life to Christ, um, I really started writing about what was happening, you know, in my life, what had happened before and what was happening then. And it's, I'll tell you, it's just like the Lord blessed it. It just, it, it just took off from there. Oh, wow. So I've been able Very to nice. share my experiences, um, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yes, yes, I understand. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Now I'd like you to share a poem. Okay. All right. So since we started with um, stating that the Lord intervened in my life and he 
he gave me vision and he, he gave me a reason to want to write. Uh, the first one that I would love to share is called A New Education. Whenever I did finally start learning about Christ and learning about the Word, for me, that's exactly what it was. It was a new education. So here it goes. I made it through high school and had some college. I've always yearned to acquire more knowledge. I'd learned just enough what I thought was right to handle my business and make it through life. I worked through the years, but it was my rule to stay fresh in the mind and return to school. Each year that I grew with faith preparation, God's plan for me was a new education. Very street smart. I thought I was hip. Life's merry-go-round took me on a wild trip. The drama, the headaches, the negative beings, the issues, the threats, and the afterthoughts fleeing. But one day, God stopped me. He said it quite clear. You may as well stop all your running, my dear. Achiever, crowd pleaser, but always alone. You know that God's calling. Now come to the zone. I entered the zone, but not sure of the lesson. I learned that I always had God in possession. Through all of my sinning, I could not hide, because God was within me. Yes, God was inside. He taught me a new thing through his holy word. This teaching far better than any I'd heard. He fed the apostles. For those who assembled, his message through pastor would cause, cause me to tremble. Blessed with the anointing and full of his zeal, the knowledge I've gained as a Christian is real. I am strengthened, so new, and so wonderfully blessed. I praise the Almighty and yearn his caress. Who would have thought that today I'd be ministering? With growing obedience to God, I am winning. When I hit heaven's station, my last graduation, I'll have earned all degrees in my new education. The <laughs> end. Oh, that was very nice. I can tell we're going to have a good time tonight. I can already tell. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What is the purpose of that poem, Teresa? Tell me about the purpose. The purpose is to let people know that, for one, at the time that it was written, I was a new being in Christ and just learning the Lord. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was a whole lot that was new to me. Um, Forget what you heard. You know, forget the the religious things that, you know, I had learned from others or, you know, um, the stereotypical things, you know, it, it, it was a whole lot of information that I was learning, you know, about God, about Christ, about living as a Christian. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was so many things that were new to me that it 
yeah, I'm just in awe of of what I'm now learning and how I'm now living for Christ. So that's right. the purpose All of right. coma. Very nice. As you think about your body of work, what are some of the things that you write about? Well, I write about um, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So mm-hmm. I also write about things that I experienced before I came to know Christ. I talk about what I experienced once I became saved because people may think that at once you become saved, everything is going to be great. Everything is going to be brand new. Um, your life is going to be so wonderful. And it's not always that. True. You're True. going to experience True. a whole lot of things. It's just that now you're learning how to deal with it because you're learning how to pray. You're learning the word. You're learning who to go to or or, or how to deal with your situations. Mm-hmm. So there, there right. was a whole lot of different things that I experienced uh, once saved and then even still being saved, even now. It's still a journey. It's still a journey. So I've written right. about um, being addicted to drugs, um, being in relationships that weren't good, um, having low self-esteem, and gaining new esteem, and mm-hmm. learning, you know, what I need to do as far as vision, you know, having a vision, making your vision happen, and then also just trying to encourage others. Oh, very nice. Very, very nice. Very nice. You've written a book, and we talked about the title before, Seeds, Trees, Branches, and Leaves. Tell me what inspired the book first. Tell me about that. Well, originally years ago, I put together a collection of my poetry, and I was a fan of Stevie Wonder. So he had an album uh, called Songs as a Key in Life. So I wanted my title, (laughs) yes, I wanted my title to be similar to that. So the uh, my original Mm -hmm. title was Poems as a Seed in Life. But Mm -hmm. as I started gathering information together. For my first book, you know, I played around mm-hmm. with the title, and then, you know, my nickname is Tree. So some people call okay. me Teresa, some people call me Terry, many call me Tree. And so I started thinking about, you know, being a tree, being a strong foundation. Well, you need seeds to plant a tree, you know, mm-hmm. and then the seeds need to be able to grow, to flourish, you know, from that tree. Uh, you can gain good fruit or you can gain fruit that's not so great. The goal is to sure. to bear the fruit that he gives. Mm-hmm. You know, to, I like that. To grow positive seeds. Yes. You know, and this is kind of, I want you to expand on what you just said. If you had to convince a friend to read your book, what would you tell them? I would let them know that there is something in it for everyone, not just females. There's something in it for males, females, for um, our teens that are growing up, 
Um, there may be some things that are a little of shock value, but the world is presenting shock to the world now. So, yes. you know, it's unfortunate that our youth are even seeing or receiving it. But if this will help you to get on the right path, you know, as opposed to going down the wrong path, then this this shock is not going to hurt you. It is going to help you. Wow. Nicely stated. Please share a poem. Okay. All right. So since we just talked about um, the youth, I have uh, a poem that I'm very fond of, and it's actually, I composed it after having a conversation with my 14-year-old grandson at the time. Um, He was visiting me, and he wanted to take a walk. And so immediately I was concerned because I felt like he didn't know the neighborhood. And with Mm -hmm. everything going on in the world today, my concern was, you know, you don't know these people, they don't know you, you know, I want you to make it home. Now, the unfortunate thing is that in today's world, we are now all concerned that our children will make it home. Yes. That they will make it home, that they will make it to their next birthday, that they will make it to college. Um, we shouldn't have to look at it that way. But that's what we're thinking about, and that's what I was thinking about when I wrote this poem. So it's actually called, Can I Take a Walk? My 14-year-old grandson asked, Grandma, can I take a walk around the corner? It was 6 p.m. in my neighborhood. He's from the hood, but not this hood. So me, I said, hmm. The thoughts in my mind at the time was like a movie of the last year's event of George Floyd murdered unnecessarily by the police, of sons killed being in the wrong place at the wrong time, of Trayvon Martin being shot in his hoodie in 2012. My grandson wears hoodies. Boys shot dead because they were afraid and ran. Of young boys being bullied by strangers because they know they're not from around here. Harassed by their own peers, the ignorant, uneducated, or racist that are up to no good. Stopped by cops for no reason. Liars justifying brutality, shootings, or beatings. The concern for our black sons returning home has grown. You see... All lives matter. But if boys are killed and don't become men, there's no reproduction. My grandson is normally my protector, but I had to protect him. I couldn't let him go alone. My fear that should not have been was if I wasn't with him, would he return home? I wanted my grandson to come back home, so therefore, I did not let him leave. My grandson said, Grandma, can I take a walk around the corner? And I said, no, grandson, it's 6 o'clock at night. 
the end. Wow. 6 p.m. and you still can't go outside. As early as that is. 6 p.m. Yeah. That is such a powerful piece, Teresa. I'm so glad you shared it. I'm so glad you Thank shared you. it. It sounds like your work, that there's a lot of emotion in what you write. Because I could feel that. I could feel that. Yeah. Do you think someone can be called a poet if they don't feel strong emotions? Uh, well, it depends on the level because I do feel that there are levels of poetry. Um, I would say, you know, my writing does involve emotion. Some folks mm-hmm. can get together and, and make a poem, you know, they can, they can rhyme, you can find words that rhyme. You know, if someone asks me about my poetry, I always tell them this is not roses are red or violets are blue. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've read some stuff, you know, on different um, pages that are out there that, you know, people are throwing together words and they don't make sense at the end or either, you know, it's morbid or there's really no meaning. You know, if if you have to ask the question at the end, what did it mean, then I don't think um, they will be considered a strong poet. All right, then. All right, then. It's just someone putting together words. Okay. Let's go back in time. What was an early experience where you learned that poetic language had power? That is a very good question. That's why they paid me the big bucks, Teresa. (laughs) (laughs) You know we're going to laugh tonight. We got to laugh. (laughs) <laughs> bring the bring the laughter, bring it. Bring yes. it. Um, I would yes. say, you know, from when I was in school and in elementary school, actually, because I've always liked poetry and the the old school poets that I'll talk about: um, Langston Hughes, uh, Nikki Giovanni, Paul Lawrence Dunbar. Um, those were poetic works that. You know, like they they impacted me, and it I, mm-hmm. it made me love poetry from that time, and that was from being very young, you know. And mm-hmm. I was writing at the time, but I really, you know, I I wasn't necessarily getting into poetry, but I always loved reading it. So the words mm-hmm. made a difference, of, you know, what I was reading from those authors. Mm-hmm. All right, you know, it's funny. I've got the biggest smile on my face. Because it seems as if over the course of the last 19 minutes, right now, you're coming alive to me. And I like that. I like that a lot. Because I want you to be able to share whatever you're thinking, whatever you feel, as we continue this journey. Your voice had, to me, more conviction as you were talking about Mm. your early beginnings in poetry. Because it's funny, my question was going to be, who are some of your favorite poets? <laughs> and you already answered it. So that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Uh-huh. Anybody else? Here's my question. Who would you have wanted to mentor you as a poet? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, come on now. Well, you can do I'm it. <laughs> really if I name more than a few. Um, I, love, okay. I love Nikki Giovanni. Um, Why? Why? Why do you love Nikki Giovanni? 
because she, you know, she was real. She didn't mince her words, you know. And then, okay. um, you know, it, it it had powerful meaning, you know, even just her being a female, but not just that, you know. It just mm-hmm. made you want to keep on listening. Um, there's also, I don't know if you recall that I might really be dating myself, The Last Poet. <laughs> yes, I remember. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and you know, actually, actually had the LP. That's a, that's dating myself right there. <laughs> when they talked about being on the subway, you know, <laughs> you know Gil like was also he was also a great poet as well. Yes, he was. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, so it's 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 what they brought at the time, which folks looked at them as revolutionary as opposed to just, you know, being a great um, poet and actually just expressing their thoughts on the time, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, revolutionary or not, you know, it was an expression of their thoughts. Please share a poem. Okay. Uh, Let's see here. I am going to share. I'm I'm flipping back and forth between the book and then some other things that um, I have that are coming up in the new book as well. Oh, wow. Thank you. Okay. Okay. All right. So this next one I'm going to share. I actually wrote this poem after being inspired. I was at a, a venue, and they had an open mic night. Now, I was in the audience, mm-hmm. but a young lady, she was not on the venue, but she got up to do open mic, and she did spoken words. Um, and she was very good. So this poem is called A Word. Mm-hmm. She spoke so confidently, so plainly. Every word was clear. She had the attention of all that she mentioned. She spoke succinctly with no fear. She captured them instantly and referentially, she explained. She spoke with the confidence, words that were heaven sent, as someone hollered, make it plain. (laughs) She made me proud for poets allowed to minister in a different way. Although she was young, she did not bite her tongue. And to those who watched, she had something to say. She was not on the venue, but dealt with the issues. And I must say that I was proud. It's not what they read, but the words that she said. She voiced her opinion out loud. I am still in awe, but have unlocked my jaw. The way that she spoke captured me. I know that in time, whether story or rhyme, this is how I want poetry to be. And out of the blessing, there's always a lesson to speak a word for Christ. His love is the love that we claim. In Jesus' name, she spoke a word for his life. The end. Wow. I want to sit here in a second and take that one in, if you don't mind. Go right ahead. All right. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. 
you shared earlier that you hail from Philadelphia. Am I correct? Yes, sir. All right. All right. How has living in Philadelphia shaped your writing? Well, there's a lot of experiences in the city. And so, you know, we deal with city life. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so you're going to see all things. You're going to see going to see good life. You're going to see um, crime, unfortunately. You're going to see uh, drugs and abusive situations, unfortunately. Um, but you also can see your way out of it. You, know, mm-hmm. you have to learn mm-hmm. how to live above it. So this is a city. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, with city life. You know, and mm-hmm. if I tell, if I talk to folks and say, oh, blah, 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 this and that is going on in Philadelphia, and they'll say, yeah, here too. You know, mm-hmm. so with city life. You know, city life. Different things that you're going to see daily. Mm-hmm. We can't we can't hide from some of the things that are going on. We We can try to stay out of the way. Yes. And in yes. terms of, of what we see, we, 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 we pray when we wake up and we pray when we lay down. Mm. Teresa, as you think about poetry and what you know about life and what you know about Philadelphia and what you know about the world, what do you view as being the role of a poet in modern-day society? Mm. I would say that poets need to get before the people wherever they can, whether it's in written words, spoken words, um, however they deliver, because the words that they write and speak can be meaningful and thought-provoking. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it will capture an audience's attention at least long enough to put some thought in their head, just the same way we're fed the word from the Bible. If you're yes. listening to someone who is speaking about a situation, you're going to think about what they're talking about at that particular time. And if there's any impact, they'll let you know at, at the end, mm-hmm. you know, you know, before you leave the venue, you know, and I've had that, you know, um, I'm, I would love to be a spoken word artist, but that hasn't been my gift. My gift has been to write, and I can write mm-hmm. anything. <laughs> yes. You know, so I thank <laughs> right. God for that gift. You know, but, mm-hmm. I'll, you know, what I have, you know, I'll read before the people, and, you know, be, whenever I'm leaving, that folks will stop me and say, I loved your poetry, or, I, you mm-hmm. know, I could really relate to it, you know, or they'll start telling me about, situations that they have that are similar, you know, that they they need a certain person to read or hear what was read because they're going through the same thing, you know, letting mm-hmm. other people know that you this might be where you are, but you don't have to stay there. Oh, wow. I like that. Let's take a brief break, and we'll be right back. Yes, sir.
I am Michael Anthony Ingram. I am here with Teresa Pearsall Young. Teresa, this is a call-in show, and people call in. And the number is 646-787-1631 if you have a question for Teresa. And actually, Teresa, <laughs> there are two people online who may want to speak with you and ask you questions. Is that okay? Is that okay, Teresa? Yes, sir. All right. Let's start. All right. The first three numbers are 267 the next three are 752. You're on the air with Teresa. Good evening. Hello. Would you like oh, to share something? Evening. Hello. Have a question Hello, for yeah. Teresa. I, I, I'm Mr. Young. I'm a Teresa's husband. I really just wanted to be in the background and, and listen <laughs> in on the show and uh, support her. And I she's, she's doing a great job. And, uh, that's all I have. But, all no, right. I'm not going to talk. I appreciate that to go on for a minute. So. All right. Thank well, you. I want you. I want you to think of a question. What would you want to ask Teresa about her poetry? What would you want to ask her? Yeah. What have you never asked her about her poetry? Well, one of the things I, I was always uh, interested in was about the title of the book. And you know, mm, you kind of asked her about that, you know, so I want to ask you to expand a little bit more on it. Um, you know, because you were talking, because she talked to me about it before, but the different elements of it, the leaves, the trees, the, you know, she could expand on that a little bit more. All right. That's nice. Thank you, sir. Teresa. Yes, yes sir. Explain a little bit more <laughs> about the title. About about the title. Okay. Yes, well, seeds, trees, branches, and leaves. So seeds, you can't begin anything without a seed. And a seed can represent so many things. You know, we look at it as uh, something that would grow a plant. But words are seeds. You can plant positive seeds. You can plant negative seeds. You know, so seeds matter. You know, so with the seed, there's there's something that is going to grow from that seed. So when I when I talk about seeds and trees, branches and leaves, well, the first thing that's going to grow from this seed is going to be a tree, a foundation. You know, something for that you will be strong and in, in growth. Um, you, you can't be weak. So um, from the tree, then you're going to see branches. Well, to me, branches are the different stages of my life or the, the chapters of this book even, you know. So that is all going to grow from the seed being planted and the tree mm -hmm. growing. And now you have these different branches that are part of the tree. And so from the branches, you will have leaves. Well, I look at the, the leaves as my poems that are a part of the chapter. They're, they're the different nuggets that I'm able to provide to the world uh, regarding poetry, regarding the uh, stories that I have, um, 
And also, that that's a good segue into it. Um, one of the things that I tell people, I write poems, I write stories, but I also write stoetries. And mm-hmm. stoetries is actual story written in poetic prose. So wow. it's, you know, it's not a, a short poem, but it's a story in a poem. <laughs> wow. The leaves represent all of those things. That's wonderful, sir. I'm so glad you asked that question because the title is so striking. I had planned to ask it earlier, but I think this was the time for her to answer it. I want to thank you so much, sir. You're welcome. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. We've got one more, Teresa. We've got one more. Okay. Area code 484. The first three numbers are 363. You're on the air with Teresa. Good evening. Good evening. Hello. Good evening. How are you? Good evening. Great. You have a question for Teresa. I more so just want to just give a little praise and let her know that I have her book. This is Teresa James. Teresa James. How are you? This is fantastic. (laughs) I've been thinking about you. (laughs) I had planned to contact you (laughs) about Teresa being on the air today because I didn't want you to forget. And you're here. (laughs) That's great. I put it in my I put it in my Google Calendar. And um, <laughs> I also so had I also had the opportunity to purchase the book some time ago, and I had an opportunity to read it. And you know, it just like you mentioned earlier in this show, it's a lot of emotion. Um, I, I actually like felt like with some of the uh, poems or do you call it stoetry? <laughs> I felt like I was, I felt like I was literally like looking into a diary, like of her heart, of her mind, wow. of, like the things that she's been through in life. Like I could, I could see, I could feel. Um, one of the poems that I, I really liked was your man is mine. You know, at first, when I first started reading, I was like, Oh, wait a second. <laughs> I was like, is this a story about betrayal? I was like, is this about betrayal? I was like, is this about lust? Is this about... <laughs> and it and the ending and it calms you and it's just it's so I don't know. I, I don't I don't have the word for it. It's just so soothing because, you know, when you first start reading it, you think, you know, this is a story about infidelity, but she's talking about <laughs> Jesus. All right, all right. So that's right. what I wanted to get in trouble with until they hear, until people start listening, mm-hmm. you know, but it's the mm-hmm. effect. It's like I know they're mm-hmm. going to be upset when they hear it, but then when they hear well, who I'm really talking about, then they'll mm-hmm. get it. <laughs> well, I was just calling to tell you that I love the book and it's just wonderful and I support and I love the I love the uh poem The Kitchen. I love that. And I do have one question though. I do have one question. Yeah. I know that you know your book has been out for a year or so, but do you plan on writing any more poetry? Books. Yes. I am actually working on my second book now. Um I expect it to be published, I would say, 
possibly by the end of September or October. So I'm building it now, Wonderful. you know, like just letting God help me to get everything in it that I want to be in it because realizing that, you know, I can add a lot, you know, I don't want to try to cram everything into it, but, you know, there's mm-hmm. some important things now to to, you know, counter off of what was in the first book. So it's been exciting because I've been building the chapters. By the way, the, the name of the new book is From the Roots to the Fruits, Becoming a Tree of Righteousness. Wow. I love that. I love wow. that. Wow. Right. I also love the explanation of seeds, trees, branches, and leaves. I love yes. that. Yes, yes. Well, Miss James, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank Good you. Night. <laughs> Bye. I'm so glad you called. Here. All right. I want, I think everybody wants to hear this poem that you were talking about. Oh, your man is mine. Yes, please share. Oh, all right. If you don't mind, <laughs> I think we can handle it. I think we can handle it. All right. <laughs> Your man is mine. And I wrote this poem thinking about previous relationships that I may have been in, but, you know, that was relationships where I really, you know, they, they didn't count the way this relationship counted. And that's the relationship that I had or that I now have with Jesus Christ. Your man is mine. So I was with your man last night as I gave in to sweet surrender. That man you called yours had me spellbound with all his splendor. I tried to pull away, but his calm presence pulled me in. He called my name so sweet, my spirit tingled deep within. Oh, God. How soothing was his touch, a sensitive caress. His cleansing glow inside, it stirred a healing in my mess. I laid with him. I slept with him. We prayed between the sheets. I wept with him. I laughed with him. The time we spent was sweet. The overflow, the afterglow, There was no guilt or shame. He is your man. He told me so, but yet he called my name. Hurt hearts have claimed him as the one who fills a room with love. His consecrated power soars like eagles flying above. He can hold you in his arms or soothe your pain where you may stand. Leave your wound-up soul unbound to speak a word whenever you can. He's my man, my friend, my pal, and he's your man. We know it's true. I was with him just last night, and as you mentioned, weren't you? I hope you didn't mind, but in the morning, we had brunch. I had the nerve and gall to invite our man back over for lunch. 
His presence was so strong. He went quite well with my late snack, as his spirit called the dove and not the enemy on his back. I praised his holy presence, and I thanked him for last night. The prayers that I sent up have called him, my man, your man, her man, his man, a man as we all claim. He's got the whole world in his hands, so holy Jesus is his name. He is the mm-hmm. one man we all share. No no envy in this space. We take him with us daily and forever seek his face. Jehovah, Jesus, El Shaddai, the names are all for one. I pray and tears of joy I cry. Therefore, the Holy Son, I know that your man loves me, and my love is not absurd. I shared your man last night, and once again, I heard his word. We boast and brag of him that he's the best lover around. Jesus is that man, and by his blood, we're heaven bound. The end. Oh, wow. You know I need a minute. Everybody all right? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> wow, that punchline at the end. Ooh. That'll get you. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. We've got time for one more question. Let's see who this might be. All right, area code 267. The first three numbers are 243. You're on the air with Teresa. Good evening. Hello. Good evening. Hello. Can you hear me? Hello. Good evening. Yes. Good evening. Um, my name is Brenda Simon. I'm a fan of Teresa's already. Hello. Um, and Teresa. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I just want to say that one that you just did, that's a really deep poem. You know, um, it really makes you, when you first hear it at the beginning, it's like, oh, wait a minute, where is she going with this? <laughs> but then as you proceed, it's like, wow, this is a love affair with the Lord. A shed yes. love. That was a very deep poem. Um, I do have a request, though. Your yes. poetry is so inspirational on so many levels. I would love to hear something that you create that addresses the turmoil that's going on, whether it be in our city to start, but also in our country. I think there's something in you that could really be a sort of a wake-up call to people mm. Um, mm. through your poetry. So I'm going to wow. encourage you to give that some thought, um, because there's a message that's in you that can be shared to address what's going on in our city and in our country, and even the world. So I'm going to pray on that and yes, ask ma'am. you for okay? All right. You know, I'm a fan, okay? And that's all I had to Thank say. You. you did a great job. All right. Thank you so much for interviewing, Teresa. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. That's quite Thank a compliment, you. Teresa. Wow. That's yes. Nice. Thank that's you. Really so much. nice. 
All right. Wow. All right. Well, Teresa, <laughs> you have fans, Teresa. <laughs> you have fans. All right, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Now, what I'd like you to do, you got your tissue? <laughs> I do. I do. All right. Well, let me ask this question before we continue. Do you think you were meant to be a poet? Yes, I do. Tell me more. Tell me why. You know, I was going to ask you that. Tell me why. What? Because, you know, and it's funny, I, I thought about that earlier. With I, I don't even know if it was one of the questions that um, we talked about, but it, mm-hmm. it comes so naturally, and I am a, you know, I'm a stickler uh, when it comes to the wording. It's, it's like, you know, I've I've read other poems and, you know, and folks try, and they, they mean whatever they mean. Um, but, you know, I'm a stickler with the words. You know, I will look up the, the words, the, the, the definitions and the meanings, because I want to mm-hmm. make sure that there is no doubt in somebody's mind what a particular word or saying means. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll do my research as far as rhyming, if I want it to rhyme, because everything doesn't have to rhyme. Um, That's true. You know, if I'm describing something, if I'm making a comparison that, you know, there's a situation that's, that's like a particular thing, then I need to know for sure what that thing is so that, you know, somebody says, well, well you said the world is like a seesaw, you know. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? You know, well, I don't want you to just think that, okay, well, it means that we're going up and down. Well, you know, what what makes a seesaw go up and down? What What's the heavy load? What's the what's the load, load? You know, like, but make make it make sense what you're comparing something to. So, you know, I get into it. <laughs> oh, I you know, see. somebody can give me, uh, you know, um, a story. I've, I've actually been hired to, like, to write um, presentations for people and possibly, the, you know, mm-hmm. birthdays or things like that. But you give me the information of what you want to be included or shared, then I can form right. it into a poem if that's what you want, you know. So I, well, I've, I've learned. Go ahead, sir. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, please, please. I'm sorry. You've learned what? Please tell me. I want to know. No, I was just I've learned how to to shape a, a, a story, whether it's a story right. or form. I've learned, you know, how to to form it. You know, just like a right. a seamstress knows how to make her dress. You know, I I'm not a seamstress, but I know I am a poetess. So. Well, before I'll go ahead and ask this question because this is like a segue. This is perfect. Let's let's continue with what you were sharing. I want us to talk about editing. You talked about being a stickler for words. Talk about editing. Some poets claim that a poem is like a living creature. Once it's out there, it's not much you can do to correct or improve it. While others edit meticulously, not leaving much from the original draft form. What is your take on editing? You've got the words. What is your take on editing? Okay, so for editing and, and poetry, the poet really needs to be the editor of their poem because, you know, someone else editing, they may not know what you're trying to say. Sometimes the word is is 
is slang. Sometimes, you know, you're saying, I'm going to, not I'm going to, you know. Okay. So it, mm-hmm. it's how you want it to read in the poem. All right. So, and All if right. you're wanting like to that. use slang, you know, the, the editor is going to correct that. You know, when you're mm-hmm. um, creating your, your poem and your, your word document or however you're creating it, it's going to correct what looks wrong. So mm-hmm. you, you have to be the editor of your own poetry because you're going to tell it to ignore a lot. <laughs> All right. Well, with that in mind, let's say that you've written a piece of poetry that's in a journal or a magazine or somewhere. Do you want to change it once you see it or it's like there forever? If the poem has already been published? Yes. Do you ever want to go back and, and make a change in it? Yeah. You know, for the, that's one of the reasons I'll go over a poem over and over and over again before I say that it's the final thing yes. because, you know, when mm-hmm. you read it, then you'll see, hmm, I could say that better or, you know, that, that could end better, you know. So I'll, I'll revisit it many times before mm-hmm. I actually okay. finalize on it. Mm-hmm. Very nice. You know, the last question I asked you earlier, whether you were meant to be a poet or not, what I want to know now is what surprises you most about being a poet? I think uh, what surprises me is going back and reading some of my own stuff, and it's still mm-hmm. ministering to me. <laughs> um, All right. You know, and I love to read um, other people's poetry, you know. So I'm, I'm anyone that has something that's valuable – I'm loving to read it. But when I go back and read some of my own stuff and I'm like, wow, you know, I wrote that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or I went through that, you know. Um, and mm-hmm. and it's sometimes mm-hmm. realization smacks you in the face, especially when it's, it's really about something that really happened. Yes, yes. You know, with that in mind, has a poem, and it sounds like it has, ever frightened or humbled you? One that you've written. Yes, I've been humbled by by several. Um, I think I was humbled by the book when it, it actually was finalized um, because it was so much that was put into the book. And then when I actually categorized everything and then saw that, wow, there really is a journey here. But um, it was truth. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. things that I went through, experienced, and, you know, I had this feeling like, wow, you know, one, that I went through this, but then also that God really changed my life. All right. So All right, I understand. always been a public thought. Mm-hmm. Well, what I'd like you to do now, I'd like you to share four poems back to back. Four? Yes. All right. All right, Mr. You You can do it. Answer it. You got it. Toyota. Remember that? Yeah, I remember. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, let's see. They could be be short or long, either one, because I know you got some short ones. They could be short or long. Yeah, that's it. Okay. 
All right. So I'm going to start off with this one. It's called, Graphically Speaking, Get Rid of the Coat. And what this is about is, you know how we hold on to things, you know, um, Mm -hmm. now that I've met Christ or, or folks have met Christ and decided that they want to change their life, but you're kind of on on the fence. You know, you got one foot in and one foot out, and you're still holding on to, to memories. But they're not good memories, so why are you still holding on? So that's what this poem is about. Graphically speaking, get rid of the coat. In the closet, a coat hanging full of memories, negative, filthy, nightmarish memories, fornicating, corner-waiting, visually graphic memories. A coat reminded me of a world I no longer see. Well, my soul says to me, answer if you did. Why is that coat still there? If that world is said and done and your worldly life undone, and you've changed your definition of fun. Wasn't it that life that made you run? Run for the border? No, for Jesus. No one could reconceive me. Well, my soul says to me, you need to bury the past. Let the coat be gone at last. No need to hold on to what is wrong and should be gone. Additional use would only be abuse. Additional wear would only be more tear of the wounds that have been sown and sealed by toiling in the field of redemption and salvation. The Gospel Highway, my favorite location, now. Remove the coat and bury the past. Set the shame on fire. It's overdue to expire. It's too large. It's too small. It no longer fits. Don't break the consecration. There's no smile in this covering. There's no warmth in this covering. There is only one covering, salvation. I'll take the king-size comforter. The end. Awesome. One. Mm-hmm. All right. There's four. Okay. All right. I have two that I'm going to save to last, but I would like to read um, this one. It's actually called Sleep Apnea, and it's regarding an illness that I experienced years ago. I no longer suffer with it anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. But for anyone out there who's dealing with such things, you know, if you're having sickness like this in your body, you, you need to seek help. Um, and the thought needs to be put into your mind that you may need help, not that you can deal with it alone. So sleep apnea. In a dream, everything was fine. Sheep were counting me until something cut off my breath. I realized I could not breathe through my mouth or my nose I could not move. I was immobilized. In my ear, 
I heard God say, get up, move, breathe. Suddenly, I came out of the coma, choking and gasping for air, trying to take a breath. I began to thank the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. I was frightened. I realized a minute longer I might have died, but God wouldn't let me go out like that. He woke me up. Now, if that's not a reason to praise him, then what is? In my sleep, the angel David was watching over me. He recognizes my dilemma. He says, breathe, wake up, and breathe. But I don't hear him. I'm immobilized, so he wills it. Then I hear him, and I breathe, choke, gasp, and wake up. He is the stand-in assignment to him. Thank the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. If this is not a reason to praise him, then what is? Mm. All right. All right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, my. Okay, so now you're looking for two more. All right. Uh, One moment. Okay. All right, so on behalf of Ms. Brenda, who actually called in and she mentioned it, um, she didn't know that I, I did actually complete this particular poem. Um, now, mm-hmm. this is it's more like a poetry, you know, so you'll let me know, you know, if afterwards if you want me to do another one. But this okay. one is called Wanted Parents, like back in the day. Now, I need to read before it. There's a scripture in Proverbs 22 and 6. It says, train up a child in the way he should go, teaching him to seek them and will for his abilities and talents. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. So wanted parents like back in the day. Today, our children's futures are at risk. Our children don't understand it, but the levels of devils have increased. In truth, We are all born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Parents who knew the word knew this, but back in the day, parents ruled. Our school, I'm sorry, old school parents took the reins to transform the youth from birth to infancy. It was preventative maintenance, an attempt to protect our children from this wicked world. Teaching of violence and drugs were taboo, Kids weren't allowed to get tattoos. Teaching manners is not so much anymore. We laugh and think it's cute when kids act grown or rude. Back in the day, parents did not spare the rod. They may have spoiled the child. Old school parents believed in spanking if needed, and kids were grounded for a little while. Back in the day, there were no timeouts. There were lessons learned, rewards earned, but today 
the cell phone is taken away for a minute. Assault punishment. Back in the day, children learned to respect what the elders had to say. Unfortunately, our children no longer fear God or man. They have become challenging and quick to demand. Our babies now idolize YouTube jockeys that teach disrespect according to world standards, loving grossness and stupidity, and taught subliminally to accept the negative. Our children of today practice manipulation. They are quick to generate empathy when wrong because, of course, they are still babies and it's not always their fault. Many parents today have put up the do not disturb sign, forcing children to teach themselves. Many children today cuss like sailors as they have been cussed out numerous times by their parents. A negative seed that has been sown is you ain't never going to be nothing, some have been told. But back in the day, teachers were great and loved to serve our kids. But today, they are wearing the weight of many hats, becoming more hopeless than hopeful. Parents try to be their child's BFF. When it's parenting time, you cannot be that friend. Our children today are more concerned with acceptance rather than God's presence. Certain things were never in God's plan, especially concerning the children. But the world has cleverly changed the child's mind, training wrong to be right and right to be wrong. Today, our babies are being raised by babies who have already skipped over God. Today, our children learning the hard way is resulting in death or a death sentence. Fights in life are no longer fair. Our children's knowledge of spirituality has sunk to an all-time low. The level has spiked for madness and devastation. Our kids do not understand long-suffering or longevity. If there is no answer to a solution, they think suicide is the way to go. Poverty is unacceptable to many. However, Fast money and material riches are not the answer. Adults should be protecting our children, blood or not, but instead are hustling them. Our youth are killing or dying unnecessarily or being trafficked like human barter. We owe our children an apology. We drop the ball. We must take back the reins from the world instructing our children like back in the day, training them in the way they should go. This is a spiritual battle to the way we raised our kids like back in the day, teaching the good news so that we hear and report more good news and see our children in it. Let us change the direction of our children's spiritual growth and life. Let us instruct our children of their true identities and God's real plan for them, like back in the day. The end. Wow. Back in the day. 
You know, Teresa, let's start with that one because I don't think I can take it anymore. <laughs> I don't think I can take it anymore. Is your heart going to oh, pattern? Yes, it is. Oh. It is. Well, Jesus. and we're also at the end of our poetic journey, too. So it's probably a great place to stop on a high as we talk yes, about the real yes. things in life that plague the people. That plague of people. Now, unless you've got one more, we can stop right there. What are you going to do? It's on you. Well, I, you know, it's, however you feel about the timing, you know. Right. Um, it's, it's been it's been awesome, and I'm just thankful okay, to then. be able to share this with you guys. All right, then. All right, then. A couple of questions before we leave. What piece of advice would you give to your readers? You may have already answered. I just want to hear again. What piece of advice would you mm-hmm. give to your readers? I would say here, here's the one thing that that bothers me the most. If once you see that you're you're purchasing or you're 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 getting a, a book for someone, to um, you know, don't just get it to support and buy it and then take it home and put it on the shelf. You know, um, writers really want to know that you have read their book. You know, that, that's why they, they write to get a message out. So, mm-hmm. you know, just at least open the book and read the book because um, it, it has something for you in it. You know, I try to share with people that um, this book is loaded. Um, it has a message for so many different types of situations and people. Um, mm-hmm. But you have to open the book and turn the pages to see what's wow. in it. Else you won't know. Very nice. Where can listeners and readers find seeds, trees, branches, and leaves? They can purchase can on Amazon.com. Um, Amazon.com, Barnes and Nobles, Walmart. There's so many different places online. If you put my name in, Teresa Pearsall, it will bring up a list of where you can actually purchase the book. I refer people to Amazon.com a lot because the reviews are there. Like, of course, everyone who's purchased a book hasn't posted a review, but there are reviews on mm-hmm. Amazon.com. Um, so far, it's 15 reviews. It's all five stars. And oh, wow. um, people have really written some powerful uh, reviews. Um, and folks who have purchased the book, have some have come back and said, you know, well, when did you interview me for this story? Because I, I find myself in in the story, in these poems, in these poetries. So, mm-hmm. you know, right. for any writers out there, I would also say, you know, don't sell yourself short, you know, write. If, if that's your calling, write. Um, everybody's calling is not to write. But yours, no one can write your story. Mm-hmm. No. How can listeners can stay in touch story. with you? How can listeners stay in touch with you, Teresa? You can reach me. I'll, I'll give you my email. I, my my website is actually um, is finalized and should be published by the end of this week. So I'll give you that name as well. Um, you probably can't reach it today, but by the end of the week you can. Uh, my email is K 
kingdom for queen at yahoo.com and that is k-i-n-g-d-o-m the number four q u three three n at yahoo.com and the website will be treepairsstowatrees.com so that's T-R-E-E-P-E-A-R-S S-T-O-E-T-R-I-E-S dot com. So All right. Three pairs, stoic trees. All right. All right. What's next for you, Teresa? Where do you go from here? What next, what's the next well, project you plan next to work on? Is uh, finalizing the book. Um, that's in the work, so I'm so happy about that. Um, we're almost there mm-hmm. with that. Um, also, um, my services are going to include editing. Um, I look mm-hmm. forward to being an editor uh, for different people who are trying to get their books out there. Um, I have seen some books that are out there. The, the books are great, but then when you look at the the, the editing, the editing is, has not been so great. So I'm really a stickler about um, editing as well. And then um, eventually becoming a self-publishing or self-publisher. I have so many ideas for books that, you know, right now I'm happy to to get my books out there. So this will be the second one. But, you know, I have some other ideas for books. So I can't stop here. Can't stop at number two. All right. All right. All right. Well, we're at the end. And I want to thank you so much for your willingness to share your work tonight. It's fantastic. I've written something down that I wanted you to wanted to say to you, and it's based on what the caller said, to go out and allow your words to do what they need to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, <laughs> Teresa, I wish you nothing but the best, and you're welcome back here anytime. All right? Sir, thank you so much for having me. I really do appreciate the time and the listeners, and I thank God for all of you. Just be blessed and be safe. All right. Yeah, I like that. All right, good people out there in the world. As I share every week, let poetry ring somewhere. Do what you need to do so that we can continue our journey. Thanks again, everybody. Good night. Good night, Teresa. Good night. Good night. Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio is available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. You can also check out the website at QLPOR.com